Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. So last week, uh, Ron gave the first part of this message. And um, so the, the way that this uh, came to be was... Ron had me praying about what I would talk about today a few weeks ago, and I had this idea that I, I believe was from God, and, um, and when I talked to Ron about it, he felt it was from God too, and we started studying about what we would talk about, and uh, then last Friday, or a, a week ago Friday, he came to me and said, oh, by the way, you're doing book two. Um, I'm going to do the first half of it this week, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, he did a pretty good job of setting it up. And um, I love working with Ron. I don't, I don't know if you guys feel that way about your boss. but uh, And honest, I'm not only saying that for the camera. No, um, I really do love working with Ron. <laughs> so last week, Ron uh, talked about a handful of things. He told us that we can only find our ultimate meaning and purpose in life and relationship with Christ. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. That's what we were created for. He touched on that last week, was to be in communion with Christ. Christ said that he is the vine and we are supposed to abide in him. And that's, that's where everything should come from. He also said that many, many years ago, you hired him and me to make you work. And so uh, I thought that was awesome. And this week, I found a, a quote that goes, from, goes along with that. Um, the guy's name is Tom Landry. Anyone here, rem- any old people in here that like football that remember him? He's probably the greatest coach who ever lived. Whatever you think of the Dallas Cowboys, I know there's some people here that aren't fans. Yeah, he's still... Landry was probably the greatest coach who ever lived. If he wasn't the greatest, he was one of the greatest. And a quote from him is, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see, so you can be who you have always believed you could be. And that kind of goes with a pastor too. Pastors, they tell you the tough stuff. They teach you about what we're supposed to be doing. Um... They also try to build you up, make you feel good. They also tell you the tough stuff, too. Ron also talked about uh, God has chosen to fulfill his purpose in you and through you, together with the body of Christ, to serve him in his mission. And uh, that was kind of like uh, what everything was about last week. That was, that was, he said if there was something he wanted you to take home... One sentence he wanted you to remember, that was it. And I have another quote to go along with that. I've been reading this book lately called Doing Church as a Team. Um, I've just begun it. And uh, the author is Wayne, I'm going to chop this up, uh, Cordario. I hope that's right. He's not here, so, you know. But I know he's watching. I'm sure of it. And so he said... Each of us is like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle. Every piece has its place in God's plan. No one piece is optional. How frustrating would it be to put together a 3,000-piece puzzle only to find one of the pieces missing at the end? 
That's how God sees us. Every piece is incredibly important. Everyone is necessary to complete the puzzle. When all the pieces fit together, the world can see a beautiful, completed picture of the heart of Jesus for people everywhere. I really like this guy. That's a great quote. And then Ron summed everything up last week with, we are better together. And, but he took it up a notch, right? He said, we're actually essential together. Like, not that we are essential. Our togetherness is essential. We can't be the body of Christ without all of us. It, it wouldn't work. Although I am the little toe, um, I wouldn't have any purpose without the rest of you guys. It's just, that's just how it is. And so, um, so I spent this week praying, where do I go from there? How do I get, how do I, how do I get to what Ron, fin from what Ron finished to where we want to be in this? And uh, my first stop is in Hebrews. It's Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the same promise. By the way, so are we. We're heirs to the same promise of this. And we're all waiting. Wait, did I not finish that? <laughs> Where did it go? Oh, yeah, the last line of that is, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and building is God, or builder is God. And we're all the same. We have the same promise that they had. Only we're not waiting for a city to be built. We're waiting for a temple. And it's there, it's getting there. It's half built. And everyone's thinking of a different temple than I'm talking about, of course. But we're looking, we're looking forward to seeing the temple that God has been building for many years now. Many, many years now. So I'm going to do something crazy on you. Anyone here ever read the book of Haggai? Is that how you say it? Haggai? I don't dive into the Old Testament from up here very often. It intimidates me a little bit. But here we go. And it's a lot of reading, and I don't read well. But, you know, hey, Abraham stuttered, so. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not come yet to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you to yourselves be living in your own paneled houses while this house remains in ruin? Now, is, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes but are, war but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. 
Give careful thought to your ways. Go up in the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. By the way, we're the timber. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains in a ruin. While each of you is busy with your own house, therefore, because, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. While each of you is busy in your own house. Therefore, because, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains and the grain and the new wine, the olive oil and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Then, I love Old Testament names, Zerubbabel, <laughs> that guy, son of Sheltiel, Joshua, son of Jazadak, the high priest, and the old remnant, or the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai because of the Lord, man, come on, Steve, because the Lord, their God, had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua's son of Josedak. <laughs> These words. The high priest and the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Now, you're probably wondering, why did you read all that? And my question is, I don't know. He just told me to. <laughs> but the biggest points that are in this is that we're supposed to go into the forest and get the timber right now. That's what he said to do. And what they did in that moment is, guess what? They went into the forest, and they got the timber. They did it right now. The difference between them and us is that we are the timber. Or maybe they are the timber. The temple that I'm talking about isn't going to build, be built in stone. The temple I'm talking about is us. The church. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in 2.19.20, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Now remember, we just read about uh, Abraham being a foreigner and a stranger. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens of God, people and God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So if Jesus is the cornerstone and we are the temple, 
the way a cornerstone works, right, is they align, they set that one in place. And once that one is in place, everything lines up with it. And so our entire purpose is to line up with Jesus. As I line up with Jesus and as you line up with Jesus and as the youth over there line up with Jesus, we all end up building the temple exactly to God's plan. 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5 says, As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. We are the living stones. We are the, the, the material that God is using to make his church his temple, his family. That's what we are. Have I, have I stomped that in enough? Not only are we better together, we're essential together. It can't be done with, without all of us. And the reason is, Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. <laughs> also, if you lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one that really doesn't apply here and never it gets cold in this town have you noticed that the one may be overpowered two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken now now notice he said one can be overpowered but two can't because three is strong so if if i'm hanging out with kent there's three of us because Jesus is in me and Jesus is in him. And when we come together, he promises that we'll, he will be there. Amen. Amen. Wow, I have a lot of notes. So we are the temple of God. But a bunch of scattered bricks is not a temple. If we come together on Sunday morning and we sit here and we all raise our hands and talk about how awesome God is, we're still not a temple. If I don't see you on Monday night or I don't see you on Thursday night, if we haven't eaten in each other's house, if I don't really know you guys, how are we a temple? In the early church, they talked about how Everyone got together, and everyone took care of each other's need, and everyone ate together. I think that's what God's been after all along. Now, you notice we've done a lot of work on this building. Um, I've been very busy ever, ever since I got here. Um, new floors. We're about to have new uh, baseboards. I'm going to need some new paint soon. Uh, looking at getting carpet. All that stuff's wonderful. But that's not building the temple. That's prettying this building. Because 
This building isn't the temple, we are. A pile of bricks isn't a temple. Even if they're not scattered about, if we're all piled in one place, it's still not a temple. The temple is designed by God. God is the architect of the temple. Everything is aligned with Jesus. Just because we're together, standing together doesn't mean we're together. You ever been to an airport? I've been to many airports, and I've been to airports by myself. And just because I was in a building with a thousand people didn't mean we were together. But back to a football reference. You know that that team's together, right? At the beginning, all the crowd's yelling, and they all run out, and somebody's announcing each name as they come passing through. They they tell you what his name is, what his number is, what his position is, and everybody's cheering. I believe that's what we're supposed to be doing. I should be able to tell everyone here what your name is. You should be able to tell everyone what my name is what I like to eat for lunch. (laughs) Wow. Hey, guy went on to say in the second chapter, This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with the glory. He says, Lord Almighty, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. That's the temple we're after. You ever read your notes and realize you're running out of notes but not out of time? (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) So in order for the temple to be built, we must come together. Imagine trying to build this building, and some of the bricks are in Oceanside, and some of the bricks are in Honduras, and some... They don't come together. They don't talk. They, don't, they have nothing to do with each other. We must come together for this. And the cool thing is, is anyone ever read about the original temple of God in Jerusalem? It was enormous. It was lavish. There was gold and silver everywhere. It was amazing. And this temple is going to be more glorious than that. Not only that, the, the, the original tablets that the law came on were in the Ark of the Covenant, and that was there. 
And so the glory of God rested on that. And so if the new church or the new temple is more glorious, that means God's glory will be on it even more. You know, we're supposed to see the glory of God. When we come together, we should know he's here. That was a concept that was really difficult for me when I first started coming, right? Because I, I had heard of church and how boring it was before I started going to church. I had heard about all this stuff where you guys sit down and stand up and sit down and stand up. And, and I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And then I started coming here and people started coming up and saying, hey, can I pray for you? Like, yeah, sure. Tell me how it goes. <laughs> no, no, now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I was at work, and I hurt my leg. Let's pray for that. And next thing you know, they were sitting down, and their hands are on me, and they're talking, and they're praying. And I got to tell you, I never felt so loved. I didn't understand that it was actually possible to lay hands on someone, pray, and then God would heal them. But even not knowing that, I felt so loved because these people wanted to pray and God actually wanted to listen. And I think that is what this is supposed to be about. And so if we're looking forward to a temple rather than a city, we're looking forward for it to be like he talked about in Hebrews with foundations, whose architect is a builder, whose whose architect and builder is God. We got to be talking to him. We got to be praying to him. We got to find out what his plan is. And so on days like when we're coming to church, maybe we should already be thinking about, I wonder if God's talking today. I wonder if God's talking to me today or through me today. And then when Kent's standing up here and he says, does anyone have a word from God? We don't have to think about it because we already know. We've been hearing from God today. We were listening. Remember back on Easter, Ron gave that amazing talking at the river. He told us to take our place. I don't think that's changed. I think those are still our orders. In order to see the temple built, we're going to have to take our place. I'm looking around, there's not a lot of people here. I got to ask, where are they? It used to be they were on Zoom. <laughs> I remember thinking, man, people are never going to want to get out of their pajamas if we keep this up. But they're not on Zoom. They're just not here. Where'd everybody go? I miss a lot of people. There was a lot of people here when I got here. A lot of people that talked to me when I was sad. A lot of people that talked to me when I was mad. A lot of people that listened to me spout off really, really bad theology because I was new. <laughs> I remember right over there telling Tony Isom, why are we even talking about the Old Testament? Jesus came to change that. <laughs> yeah, okay, Steve. 
<laughs> it was funny because he's not even recovery, and what he said was, keep coming back, man. <laughs> you know? Uh, for those of you not in recovery, that's an old recovery saying. And... Uh, <laughs> So we got to take our place. And to take our place doesn't mean we just go over, walk over, oh, there's someone standing there, I'll wait right here. When you take something, it's forceful. This is mine. This is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to be standing at the door when people come up and smiling and saying, hey, welcome back. Hey, are you new? The bathrooms are over there. Anybody interested in doing that? Susan's right over here. Yeah. Talk to her. And Haggai, he talked about uh, they didn't think it was time to build the, the temple yet. I don't know. Maybe there was a pandemic or something. I don't know. But, uh, and his answer to that was, is it, is it time for your house? You're living in a nice paneled house, which I assume if it had panels back then, it was a big deal. It was nice. And so I get the idea that God's house is supposed to be as important to us as our own houses. And God's family is supposed to be as important to us as our own family. Go back to football. Who's a bigger fan? The guy on his couch or the guy in the stadium? I mean, honestly, think about it. <laughs> I grew up in a stadium. And so what would, what would it look like here if this was as important as my house? Right? The lawn would be mowed. The... Paint would be on the wall. Toilets would be tended to. No, that's not what I'm talking about at all. So when I talk about my house, I'm not talking about the dwelling where I spend my time. I'm not talking about the place where I sleep. In the, in the Bible, when they talk about someone's house, and he came to the Lord, and his house also came to the Lord. They're talking about the family. They're talking about what he or she, these days, has built. And so when you, if you look at my house, it's not much. I haven't put much into it. It's not very big. But if you look at my house, I have three beautiful daughters and two beautiful granddaughters, and I give them my everything. But the idea is that I got to come here and give my everything too because it all belongs to him, all of it, not just 10%, all of it belongs to him. And if, if I want it, uh, it's a, a famous thing they say in 12-step, and back to the recovery subject, is if you want to keep it, you got to give it away. And it's the same thing in God's economy. I honestly think 12-step stole that from Christianity. But if you want it, you got to give it away. That's what Haggai's talking about there. He hadn't, they hadn't built his house yet, so he made a drought. They hadn't built his house yet, so the olives didn't grow. They hadn't built his house yet, so all these things didn't happen. And I'm looking around at our country right now going, 
we got to build God's house because things are running out. Things aren't going well right now. I don't think this stuff is happening outside of God's control. I don't think the stuff in our country and in Europe and in Honduras and all over the world, I don't think this is happening outside of God's control. I think it's time that we responded. I think it's time that we said, you know what? We are going to build the temple of God. And I'm going to be a brick and I'm taking my place. My place is right here. And every one of you, like in a puzzle, is important. It's not a temple without you. If you were wondering why no one noticed you weren't there that week, I, I can't answer that. Maybe there were too many weeks where you weren't there. <laughs> I don't know. But this must be as important as the rest of your family. It must be. You know, a, a good example of housekeeping. Well, it's funny because she does it for a living. But um, that's not the housekeeping I was talking about. I was just at Michelle Dilley's wedding. What's her, metal, her last name now? Ernst. Michelle Ernst. I was just at her wedding. And uh, the turnout was amazing. And it wasn't just that they had invited everybody under the sun and a ton of people showed up because it's fun to dress up. I know the people that were there. That was one giant family of people who love each other. It was amazing to me. And now I, I wasn't good friends with everyone there. I haven't eaten at everyone's house that was there. But I think Michelle has. <laughs> she was tight with everybody there. So, in order to see the temple come together, it means that this has to become as important as your own house. It means that these people have to become as important as your own family. That means that all of us gives 10% of our time, of our talent, of our treasure, not just the 5% that is the average in our country. Can you believe that? Only 5% of, of Christians actually tithe. I, I don't understand that concept. <laughs> but of course, that's not true at our church, right? But when we're talking about tithes, we're, money is a small part of that. God also wants back 10% of our time. God also wants back 10% of our talent. If you play guitar, you should be playing for God. If you're a mechanic, you should be mechanicing for God or any, any talent that he's given you. We should be using that as a resource to further his kingdom. Leroy's a butcher. How can we use that? <laughs> there it is. Everyone's dinner. That's pretty awesome.
So when I got here, they taught me how to pray. And uh, we started going out in the street and uh, meeting all kinds of different people. I was about to say homeless people, but they weren't all homeless. Um, we started feeding homeless people. Um, uh, Michael Apikowski's doing a lot of this stuff right now. He goes out almost every day. And um, we're finding food wherever we can to help him out with that. And he's bringing a team out, and they're praying with people, and they're trying to get to know people, and they're trying to introduce people to Christ, and they're trying to strengthen people who already know Christ. And it's really amazing to watch God work in this way. But all the time we pray with people, and the prayers are always, God, can you do this? God, can you do that? Lord, we really want you to do this. Just this morning, Shannon and a handful of other people came up and prayed for me, and it was wonderful prayers about, God, will you do this while Steve's speaking? Another uh, scripture I'd like to read is John 17, 21. This is just before the end for Jesus just before the end of his time on earth with us. He's in the middle of praying, and he had just finished uh, his prayer for his disciples. And he says, my, my, my mm, water. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may, come, may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So in that moment, when he's getting ready to go get on a cross, he's praying for us. And he's, he's praying for all the people that his disciples are going to minister to. And he's praying that they would be one. That they would come together and be the temple. And the book that I'm reading right now, doing, it's called Doing Church as a Team. And Wayne Cordiero, he says this about that scripture. This was Jesus' final prayers to the church before he was betrayed and crucified. I often notice that Christians, or as Christians, we are constantly asking God to answer our prayers. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. He is so faithful to answer. But after reading this verse, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if for once, just once, we could answer one of his prayers? So basically, that's what I came here to ask for. And to talk about and to push you into. Let's answer Jesus' prayer and be one. Let's answer Jesus' prayer and build the temple. Let's listen to what Haggai was trying to say. Because when the temple's built, it's going to be glorious, it's going to be amazing. Honestly, I think it's already amazing, but there's so much more. I don't know about you all, but this is a lot better than what I had before I showed up here. <laughs> My life was crazy. And then I walked into this building and stood right over there. And I, I heard 
something very different than what Ron would ever preach or has ever preached. And then I sat in a chair that's no longer here, right over here, and Ron talked to me for about 45 minutes before I accepted Jesus, and everything changed. I felt the glory of God come down on me, and nothing has been the same since. Um, it's been like uh, in the middle of that song that Kim Walker sings. She talks about uh, if you've ever experienced the presence of God, and, and she gets all cheerleader all of a sudden, and she's like, and you would know because it, you would never be the same. You would never be the same again. And it's like hilarious. I fell in love with Jesus, with that song even. And that's exactly what it was like. I am not the same. Most of the people in the room right now know me. You guys have known me for years. Am I the guy that you met, what, 16 years ago? No. You look around the church and just the building itself. Is this the same building? Yeah, it was, it was built in 1952. Um, not much structural has changed, but it looks like a different church than it was when I got here. You look around at the people, the people as a whole. We are not the same church we were when I got here. It's completely different. Now, you could say that's good, you could say that bad, that's bad, or you could be completely indifferent about it. But the question is, is what more can it be? What more can we do? I knew Michelle Ertel before she was Michelle Ertel. And we were both crazy. <laughs> Neither one of us were with Jesus yet. You know, she used to cuss. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> I have seen so many changes. Scott's known Jesus like, I don't know, since he was walking on the earth or something. And he's a different guy than I met when I got here. Kent's way different than he was when I got here. I look around and I see a lot of amazing people. I see an amazing family that is, I was going to say watched me grow up, but I should say caused me to grow up, mainly because of the same things Ron was talking about last week, about if I hang out with you guys or if I'm serving God with you, we're going to rub on each other and I'm going to grow from when you tell me I did something wrong or I'm going to grow from something you did I didn't appreciate and we're going to have frustrations and we're going to work on it and we're going to get better and we're going to forgive each other and that's how you act like family, right? I have had the worst fights with my brother and sister than anybody in the world. <laughs> So I don't know, are you guys with me? Are you guys, are you guys ready to start something new? Something fresh? Well, here's how we do it. Um, almost every week now we put this thing on the screen with a bunch of phone numbers on it, right? One of them's mine. 
If you're wondering how you could serve here, call one of those numbers. If you're not wondering how you could serve here, but you're wondering uh, like who you're going to have lunch with, call one of those numbers or one of the other numbers here. Let's get together. Let's make knowing each other as important it is to know your family. Let's become more family than we've ever been. I have to tell you, that's what sold me when I first came here, right? I didn't become a Christian because I felt family here. I became a Christian because the Holy Spirit stabbed me in the chest, and I didn't feel like I had much choice at that moment. But the next week when I came back and Ron handed me his cell phone number, imagine that. The senior pastor of a church hands you his cell phone number and says, call me. The week after that, he walked down to the beach with me and baptized me. It was just me and my wife, and were you there, Michelle? Yeah. I want to be family again. And since Corona shut us down, I've missed you. I've missed you a lot, and I don't think we're, we've come fully back. We've been showing up without masks for a long time, but we haven't really been showing up without masks. And so, Kent, could you bring your band back up? Yes. Come on up. Okay. <laughs> so, I just want to bear witness to what Steve's saying. And I am a reluctant participant and receiver of this message, and I have been my whole life. I have had rejection issues since I was young, and so I made a commitment to myself to just reject everybody first and beat people to the punch. And, that, and, that, and that's how I came to Jesus, as... And, you know, if you have a relationship with Jesus, and it's precious, and, and that's how I, I knew the Lord for a long time. It's just me and Jesus. We'll just do this thing, him and me together. I was good with that, and he wasn't. And, so, <laughs> and I spent a lot of time trying to talk <clears throat> him out of his point of view. And he was insistent that a relationship with Jesus is a relationship with the people of Jesus. And... And I just couldn't see it that way. And um, the more I fell in love with Jesus, the more I realized that this relationship one-on-one -on -one I had with him alone without the body of Christ was just a stopping point. He, was go he tolerated it, in a sense, as I drew nearer to him, because the more of my heart that he captured, the more he began to put in my heart a desire for God's people. And I knew it was the Lord doing that because it certainly wasn't my idea. I had tried for years to get away from people. And so if you don't have a desire for it, and I understand that, ask him. Say, Lord, this is not complete. And, and may let this message be a provocation of that. Let it stir something up in you. And I know to some degree we're preaching to the choir. I mean, the people that are here are the people that are here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. But... Um, if you know people that come from time to time and you don't see them here, call them. Yes. Uh, take them out. And if they're really, like, starting to get cut off or they're really having problems coming back, go, go to lunch with them and make, mm -hmm. take the initiative. And God will bless it because mm -hmm. it actually says in Psalms, the blessing is found amidst the brethren. Mm -hmm. So that's where God's blessing is found. He does bless us individually, to be sure. But the greater blessing 
is in the body. So. I can even back that up. I mean, my my inclination is to go find a cave and stay in it. And just, you know, like, no. You know, my inclination is just to do that. But God told me that fellowship is the most important part of it. Because our whole common thread is the fact that we all believe in Christ Jesus. And we have to constantly remind each other of that. And we have to constantly support each other in that. And that's what we're supposed to do. So like this church thing on Sunday morning, it's awesome. But that's just the beginning. Amen. That's how you get here and you learn about what it's like to be a, a fellow believer in Christ. When you come up and you get prayer, that's just a taste of what being in fellowship is like. You really need to step into that. You really need to <laughs> come out of your cave. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, and, and spend time with each other because we're supposed to step in for each other when things get hard. We're supposed to bear each other's burdens. And you can't do that alone. You can't just do it on Sunday morning. Sunday night, you can do it too. So, one last thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, just getting ready to start high school, we moved to Oregon. And I didn't know anyone in the whole state. Um, and it was this tiny little town, 853 population. And um, I showed up at this high school that is also part of the elementary school. And um, I wasn't invited to anything for three months. Like, nobody knew me because they don't like Californians there. And uh, <laughs> I remember working up the guts. I, I sat next to this one kid, and we would talk sometimes. And I worked up the guts to say, hey, why don't we hang out? And he's like, well, I live way out of town. I'm like, well, I'll come to you. And he said, no, you won't. And he <laughs> got up and left. <laughs> and so I'm nervous that that's what's going to happen to me today. I have put out an invitation to all of you. I want to know all of you. And I want all of you to know all of you. And I'm wondering, are you going to accept it? Are you actually going to show up? Are you actually going to call me and say, hey, Steve, let's hang out? Are you actually going to call each other and say, hey, let's hang out? Are you actually going to do it? And so, Father, I pray that you come to us now. Lord, I pray that you take what we've done today as worship to you, even the music part. <laughs> Father, I ask that you build us into a beautiful temple. Take us as living stones to go along with the living stone that you gave up for us. Align us with the cornerstone. Father, I ask that you fill our hearts with your love for each other. Father, help people to know that we are his disciples by the way that we love one another. Father, help us Help them to know that we are his disciples by how we love one another. Make it obvious to the world who we are, Lord. Lord, let it be said no longer that Christianity would be great if it wasn't for the Christians. 
Lord, build us into a family. Help us to know each other. Help us to know you. Help us to know your son. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.